Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of The Front Lounge with Congos. Uh, it's just three of us here. Jesse is under the weather from tour, as we all have been. We've been taking turns being sick and coughing up a lung. And we've got Colton, Jason, and Mick here. In the last 45 minutes before they head back to Phoenix, we are sitting in our front lounge in uh, L.A., talking shit about the tour. So it's just going to be a miscellaneous random catching up on how the tour went. So how are you guys feeling? I finally got whatever was going around when I... I feel like you come off tour and your adrenaline goes down and then your your body gets susceptible to whatever was sitting dormant. Yeah, yeah I, I mean... Mo got it right at the end, too. Mo... I re-got it. You re- <laughs> Mick re-got, re-got it. it. Jason yeah. came back with a vengeance. I mean, for the entire tour, there's probably too much information for people listening to this, but I there were very few days I wasn't blowing blood out of my nose just from having dry air on the bus. Because you're yeah. just air conditioning the whole time. And That's what happens heating. when you got a coke habit like yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the worst things about winter touring, actually, is the air quality. Because it's so cold where, where we were. Negative 10, negative 20, negative 30 degree temperatures. So the bus just has to constantly blow freaking hot air. You mean hot, sick air? Like every 12, 12 people just coughing into their bunks and yeah. then circulating. And then it's recirculating <laughs> and it comes out and then everyone's... I woke up like without a voice so many days it came back within you know an hour or two of drinking some water and eating but that was the first hour everyone was walking around like this because their all their voices and noses were all just maybe that's out. the basis of camaraderie it's not shared experience it's a shared microbiome <laughs> <laughs> well we definitely all have that now cleaning out that bus at the end of the tour it didn't it wasn't a dirty bus we kept it pretty neat as far as i've seen on some tours For sure. but that last day when you clean it out you realize it's not as clean as you think it is. The it's last just like three days. I started keeping my eye out on things, and I'm like, "This place is just disgusting." <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to clean. I'm going to let you guys clean up first, and then I'll go in with a trash bag and get my stuff, which is exactly what I just emptied. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really wasn't bad for six weeks. Twelve guys, middle of winter, middle of winter. So everyone has to have winter boots. Everyone has to have winter jacket. They have to have multiple, you know, bags to carry suitcases, toiletries, and all the stuff. Um, and it's the size of a studio apartment. And we had a lot of whiskey at the end as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that took the longest to clear out was the alcohol cabinet. <laughs> that is one thing that was great about this tour. So just to briefly explain, we've talked about this before, but artist writers, hospitality writers, most of the time you pay for them. And that's what people don't understand. They think like, oh, these bands just order like all this expensive stuff and it shows up and they get it for free. But 90% of the time it comes out of your pocket. On certain of these shows, though, the promoters either gave you your full budget if you spent it or gave you nothing. And yeah. we, you know, we tried to take cash instead so that we could spend it on something useful like gasoline for the bus or uh, maybe another hotel room on a day off or something. But or they, breakfast. Yeah, yeah, breakfast. Like any, anything that was actually really useful because we're trying to you know, actually be budget conscious on this tour and they wouldn't let us. So we got all of the expensive whiskey. We and literally bought whiskey, boxes of cereal. What else? What else? <laughs> that was a lot of cereal, we had a lot of cereal on this tour. Uh, Expensive protein bars. Yeah, we just went to town on these ones where they're like, "No, you have to spend it to get it all." And we're like, "Well, we can do there, that." There was yeah. a kind bar in every single drawer on the bus. It'll, it, easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> easy. Yeah, and I was still trying to eat like three a day. Yeah. Couldn't get through them. No. Yeah. You're just. You're just. 
not much of an altruist, Mick. If you were nicer, you would get two more kind. <laughs> and honestly, we gifted quite a bit of beer to the next band. Oh, yeah. For yeah sure. we, we left those coolers quite full. Oh, yeah. on the bus, you mean? Yeah. On the bus, yeah. There was some pretty weird beer in there. Yeah, there was. I wouldn't touch it with yours, though. <laughs> I wouldn't either. It's just another can. That's not can how you drink that, beer, by the way. <laughs> it's just another fucking can that says Pilsner, but tastes like an IPA. Oh, man. That was so I've yeah, noticed yeah, that's that. That's American American thing, Christ, that's irritating. Why is that? The Pilsners no, no. don't exist here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it says lager. It says Pilsner, you know. But it's not. It's but just, it's, it's a fucking IPA. It's just IPA that's yellow. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love IPAs. I think everyone probably went through an IPA phase at one point in their life. But that is something I've noticed. Every All these super bitter, hoppy pilsners. Yeah. It's idiotic. It's annoying. That's really crap. And when we ask for a cool local lager, we need to change that. We can't yeah. Cool local. There isn't any cool local lager. No more. <laughs> I mean, we have to ask for something like heavily branded. Yeah. Coors fucking light. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good in Denver. Hey, it was good in Denver. It's no, good in Coors Canada. No, Coors is the best in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, PBR yeah. was good at PBR. Oh, man. That, yeah. yeah, that was good. But yeah, we can't ask for any of that stuff anymore because it might as well just a fucking IPA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this I like how this is the, the range of... Obviously, Mick has also tour managed and he still shares some of the duties, um, especially as they relate to production, but the range of Jason's duties is so bizarre. If you ever, you ever think... you ever stop and think about your job? Like... You're dealing with logistics, yeah. similar to what you were doing before. You were doing trucking logistics, right? I did that. I did trucking logistics, but then, honestly, like... But I you're also then putting in an order for Colton's fucking... Curry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I just <laughs> fucking... Butter chicken. Butter chicken, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I honestly, like, this time around, like, I really haven't thought much about my range until last day or so, I guess. Yeah, you'll play. You, know. you play the drums, obviously, so you can uh, you sound check drums, and you then you'll do that. yeah. But then there are days where I'm checking just, with the meteorologist to right. see if we can. <laughs> yeah, or you know, just you know, trying to be a nice guy, but really wanting to be a cunt to some people. That's that's <laughs> a fucking that's an art too. You that know, takes time, man. Yeah. That takes a lot of your day. Yeah, it <laughs> getting, does. Getting zen enough. Well, what well, yesterday when everyone was back and in L.A., you know, putting the studio back together, and Colton for once was taking the food order for everyone. It was like six or seven people calling out their food orders or texting it and just then changing their mind being like, oh, actually, wait, is there, is there that type of curry? I'll, ta- I'll have that. And within like two minutes, you could see Colton's face going, fuck this. He's like, why? He's like, make up your mind, send me the order, and I'm going to go take care of it. And we're, In Colton's we said defense. to Colton, we're like, now you know what Jason's been doing for the past six weeks with 12 dudes changing their minds every time they try to order food. Hey man, I've done it for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In Colton's defense, he, he does just put in an order. He's always the first. When Jason would send out a group text message saying, I'm getting Indian for off the show, let me know what you want. 15 seconds later, butter chicken, garlic naan, rice. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes yeah, Jason would send out, send out the menu and he'd come back with that and be like, hey, Colton, we're getting Mexican food. <laughs> He's like, chicken quesadilla. <laughs> butter chicken quesadilla. Yeah. What's your guy's favorite meal on the tour? Do you have one that sticks out? Was it this seventy-two oh, ounce steak in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool, though. I I liked that place. No, it wasn't that one. It was good. It was was really good. 
I can't remember where. What we about were. that New place? Orleans is always good. Yeah, in uh, Toronto, that did every curry, but in a roti, like a wrapped curry. I liked that place. That was good. Yeah, except know. it all came back up my throat because that was the night the bus got hit. And I was awake for that, unlike Colton. <laughs> I don't and know, like, I, I just kind of like freaked out, and I was like, <gasps> just curry in the throat. I just, I just ate so much Chinese and well, mostly Sichuan. And I would say that was the best meal. Food. That Sichuan meal. That Sichuan one, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was def- that was it's probably not the best Sichuan you've ever had, but it was, was on there. tour. It was damn good. Yeah. That was, and it was just. I'd never really had proper Szechuan dishes. And yeah, it was, it's kind of unique. Yeah, there was a, I unique. thought you were kidding when I'm talking to Mick now. Um, you, I thought you were kidding at that Szechuan meal where you said like, give it 10, 15 minutes, and once you start biting into all the Szechuan peppercorns, like you'll be in outer space, as in you'll feel stoned. I was like, oh, he's he just really likes Szechuan food. <laughs> but yeah. then it really does have that effect on you once your whole body starts tingling, yeah. and. <laughs> Yeah, it was such a bizarre thing. Like, you felt a head high from eating all that Szechuan peppercorn. Mm. Mm. It's great, man. I love it. It's addictive, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, Justin got some, uh, what do you call it? It was Szechuan mind-numbing chips or something. Justin was the monitor engineer. Oh, he got the egg chips as well. Yeah, for us. And uh, he was Justin's out. Like a, he's like this really good version of um, Garen, what Garen used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Garen was our previous monitor engineer, and he's he's now yeah I think he's in the underworld, maybe Hades somewhere. Yeah, being tortured. Well, uh, yeah, he would Justin. He had a he had a fetish for a obscure kind of gas station food. Yeah, he got some very weird chips. flavored chips, like, and just spicy food. I mean, we all like spicy food a little bit, but when we went out, he went for the. Like if we went to Thai food, he would get Thai hot. For the we first went. week, I was like, "Oh, rookie move! You got the hottest curry available at the restaurant, and then you're going to get on the bus with no guarantee of a toilet anytime soon." Yeah, on you, buddy. But you know what? He held it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought him a as a gift in New Orleans at one of those hot sauce places, a hot sauce called the End, and it comes in a tiny little bottle that they make you sign a waiver for to taste it at the store, and it's. Uh, there's just video. Go search the end hot sauce on YouTube if you want to see people throwing up, <laughs> because it's just videos of people thinking they're going to man up and do it and then not being able to. So I'm excited to hopefully see if he tries it. He's probably just going like, oh, that's pretty no, nice. No, he wasn't like that. He he, it was hot for him. He just liked the experience regardless. Yeah, he liked yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he took him for ramen the other night and he got the hot one and then added some more hot to it he's like yeah that's, that's plenty my eyes are sweating I'm, I'm good <laughs> did he like that ramen the, this is a tradition now after before tour to go to Silver Lake Ramen here in LA and Mo I don't think Mo has been to another restaurant in Los Angeles I don't think he has either <laughs> it's, it's like they don't exist he never got to go that night what's uh, uh how long has this podcast been it's been 11 minutes. I like how 11 minutes in, we haven't, me- we talk about tour, we haven't once mentioned the shows or actual <laughs> tour. <laughs> it's all just or about the terrible opening band. Well, that's why we, we go on tour for food, though, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People with kids go on tour to get sleep. People yeah. with. Uh, yeah, Max, who's got two kids, slept more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he took three naps a day. Three naps a day. Kenny was even making fun of him. He's like. <laughs> um, Oh, favorite! One of my favorite meals was an omelet I had in San Francisco. It was in China, or we were in Tenderloin District, I guess. But it was at a Chinese restaurant, just making omelets, and it was exceptional. Yeah, I, I'm having trouble remembering. I remembered the color assortment of food on tour is basically white, 
yellow, yellowish white, and back to white, and back to white. There's really, uh, you know, for the next two weeks, I'm going to be eating just anything green or anything. In in Aspen, we had a green thing. Remember they they cooked they cooked green broccolini. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's why the like Szechuan or Indian, and that is so nice because you get a variety, especially Szechuan, like. We had green beans. We had bok choy. All like lots yeah, of greens, you know. Vegetables and non gelatinous sauce. Yeah. <laughs> the only green consumed on tour was cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for Colton. Um, <laughs> he said with a giggle in his face. <laughs> um, well, let's actually talk about the the shows and the tour, the actual uh, music side of the tour. Um. I that was one of my favorite tours musically. Once we got past the first week, I think because we were still learning the material and getting it all together and flipping the set around. But as it got towards the later ones, it was my, one of my favorite sets just because it the the arc of it felt right. I've, we have always felt like some of our sets were too heavy up front, and then it's you always are playing like this chasing game, whereas this one just seemed to steadily grow. I don't. Do you guys? Yeah, it felt good to me. It felt up and down, and it had variety, and you know, the we we have a huge range of ages in our crowd, from like the youngest to the oldest person you can imagine, <laughs> um, and the old like a couple of the older people came up to me and said, "Hey, man, you guys got dynamics, man. I haven't seen that forever." So I do feel like that is. That is part of the fun, is bringing shit down occasionally. You know? Well, I know Mick even mentioned, you said you were doing this on When You're Here. Like, that that song, we have it fourth in the set. That brings it down. But then you said that you were also literally just turning it down. Oh, yeah. And, almost, lo- loads. Yeah. Tons and tons and tons. It's completely changed the environment. It makes everybody shut up in the room. Season. Right. Because there's, you know, in fact, that doesn't really happen too much on this tour. But occasionally, there's a bunch of people standing at the bar at the back of the room having a party. Yeah. And uh, it forces them to shut up and get involved. Mm. Yeah, there are a couple shows where it really worked, where yeah. you could just feel it's like when someone walks into a room sometimes, and uh, there's that awkward moment of uh, everyone's talking, and then there's an unexplainable break in talking, and it's just silence, and you can hear that one person talking, and everyone then yeah, turns their attention to that one person. <laughs> there are a couple shows like that where that song happened to do that, and it was it felt right. Like that's what that's why that song or songs like that should be in a set, so that it just you know, sucks the attention. Yeah, yeah. And it's also good to come out of the gates hot and then <coughs> just change the tempo and go, hey, we're not just going to blast your heads off for an hour and a half. Yeah. You know, there's more to this band than just the big blasters. Yeah. Um, yeah, we also changed this. That in, you know, they have a couple tracks in their set. They have a shorter set, obviously, because mm-hmm. they're worse. But they... <laughs> um, they with one matter just a guitar and vocal and some... Yeah, some Matter of hits. Time. Yeah, yeah. they they... They bring that down. I think, and I think that song c- probably got the best response consistently, at least in terms of talked about. You know, right. from is it just because all the other songs sound the same? <laughs> yeah, well, it's and also they can can't play them in time. <laughs> <laughs> what were your anyone got any favorite shows from tour? Phoenix I, actually was my favorite show just because it was hometown, Phoenix, sold Seattle, out, Winnipeg. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg was good. There were a bunch of good shows, Seattle, but I think Phoenix just, we, for those that didn't get to see it, we started the show off with, um, we called the fitness guys onto the bus to give them like a you know little powwow before their set and just say how much we loved them and how much uh, 
fun this tour was. And in the meantime, I was on stage telling the audience to um, boo them after their first song. And so that started off the night, you know, with Max basically finishing the song and the whole crowd just booing as loud as they can. And I loved seeing his face because at first he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then it clicked that he was being pranked. Because it was like a second of silence at the yeah. end of the set. And a few, the few people, the room wasn't full when you made that announcement and a, more people had come in since. Yeah. And those few had, hadn't heard the, the gag. Yeah. So they were kind of getting applauded. <laughs> everybody else was silent. And then the, the applause stopped and everybody at once shouted boo. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so good. So that for me, that started the night off and then... Their prank, I thought, was actually as good as they could have done as a comeback. They yeah. brought their sleeping bag or their their blankets and their pillows from the bus, and they walked up onto stage during our fourth or fifth song, and uh, <laughs> just slept through the entire song. Like put their iPads on and slept on the stage. It was on Keep Your Head because I sing. Oh, keep uh, your head, yeah. Uh, like I, I keep talking about daydreaming, so yeah. they went to sleep. I try to. I mean, I got. A, I cracked a smile out of Max because I started like petting him. Yeah, there's <laughs> a video going around. If anyone's listening to this and they find that video, or if they have video of that, please send it our way because yeah, we want to post stuff like I, that. I think Santa Fe was my favorite one. Oh yeah, yeah that was cool. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. such a weird headspace all day. I couldn't get my head together at all that day, and I was like, "This is going to go one of two ways," and it went way beyond one of them. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. That was uh, at a venue called Meow Wolf, which is owned by the guy who writes Game of Thrones, George R.R. R. George R.R. Martin. Martin. Yeah. Um, um, C.S. Clueless. A really good breakfast burrito in Santa Fe. <laughs> <laughs> I, never had that. I skipped that and had that for dinner. That's true. That little food truck, I had three burritos from that place that day and tacos. I think that's what they're... I've always heard New Mexican... New Mexican Mexico... New Mexico Mexican food is really good. And that was the first time I've experienced it. That was really good. Um, most surprising show, I think, was Winnipeg. Probably, right? Yeah. Like, we knew it had sold well, but we didn't expect... That was chaos. That yeah, was it, that was one of the wildest crowds ever. It's, it must be the freezing temperatures. Oh, yeah. I got a picture of Mick. Literally, you'd been out. So you were sweating, and it's humid and you'd been breathing and your entire beard and face and everything is just frozen uh that was rough <laughs> you did look like one of those a veggie meatloaf for dinner that night <laughs> <laughs> that's literally all we remember um other than philadelphia colton what's your favorite place from tour <laughs> no um is actually Houston. Is remember that little kid came up and it was his first show. He came up to the merch booth was with his uh, parents, and I was like, "Is this your first show?" And he was like, "Yeah, Congos are my favorite band." So I gave him a, a signed poster and took him back to meet the brothers. And oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That that was special for me and him. Are you a politician? That sounds like a politician's <laughs> answer. <laughs> I would never have guessed Houston. Wow. Houston was one of the duds of the show. I mean, the show actually ended up being okay, but it was, you know, one of the, if not the worst selling show. The VIP session was good. Yeah, the VIP, I mean, look, all the VIP sessions always, you know, kind of the hardcore fans that are into it, but that was one of the rougher shows, I think, just to play. You guys already covered all the good shit, so. Whatever. (laughs) I mean, that, plus he was like a normal kid. He wasn't one of those kids just being like led around by his parents, you know? Right. No, he was genuinely excited. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's weird when there'll be like a mother with a kid and she'll be like, you're his favorite man, right? Jimmy's <laughs> like fucking. <laughs> I met a few kids that had been their first ever show on this too. 
Yeah, I met an a, a well, yeah, an adult. Some, well, some it was like twenty or something. It was his first show ever, and that yeah. blew my mind. It's good though. It's the power of Satan. Yeah, <laughs> there are quite a few of those actually in some of the other cities where not a lot of bands come through on a, on a regular basis. You know, like Winnipeg and um, Salt Lake. Well, I know bands go through Salt Lake, but still. <laughs> Favorite day off. Amarillo. <laughs> mm, I can't say Amarillo. Yeah, that was my favorite, my favorite day, day off because it was so bizarre. It may have been my favorite day off in Amarillo. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jason oh, Jason right. was saying Charlotte is his was his no, favorite was day off. Day. It wasn't my favorite day. Amarillo, we, the, um, who all went to that? You guys went to that place called the Big Texan. It's yeah. where you can eat. It's the 72-ounce steak challenge where you have to eat 72-ounce steak, a baked potato, a side salad. What else? Shrimp cocktail. Shrimp cocktail. Dinner roll. A dinner, dinner roll. roll. And a boot full of boot juice. And some, yeah. Yeah. And you have, if you can eat that, then you don't have to pay for that horrendous experience. So there was a guy there. I ate a weed edible before we went there. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a guy eating a, eating this thing on a stage. Like there's a stage in the middle of the fucking restaurant and he was eat by himself eating this enormous meal on a stage and I thought I was on another planet. You know he left his wife at the table, right? No shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> she was sitting like directly opposite him. She man. was sitting about because when he was finished and got rolled off the stage, he went back <laughs> over to sat next to his missus for 10 minutes. That's hilarious. People, Random people were just coming up and taking pictures while he was eating. Yeah. yeah. And then I got locked in a loop staring at kind of his shoulder. Um, and he thought I was looking at him. So I then, thought that too. Right, yeah. I also had a weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then he gave me like this kind of nod of acknowledgement, like like I was Impressed. looking at him like he just did a great performance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I only had a 48-hour steak that night. It made yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got the bone-in ribeye. Yeah. The bone was in my table setting. <laughs> it was so giant. <laughs> <laughs> I had a totally opposite experience that day because Danny and I had the radio thing. I oh, did, yeah. I did yoga, and then I was waiting in line for laundry, and then I went to the sauna. So like I didn't do anything until my first meal of the day was like eight p.m. and I had Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered like three. I ordered like a burrito and the a bowl and all this other stuff from Chipotle, and that was. I had a glass of white wine in the lobby. It was a bizarre night. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, that's you of... missed out. You missed out on um. Mars. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad we went there because I've got pictures of that pla- or of the card from that place at a hotel we stayed at in 2012 in Amarillo on a van tour and they obviously sponsor hotel key cards, you know, yeah. like it's an advertisement and it's you know it's got on there free limo service, 72 ounce steak. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, what the fuck is this place? And then to go there, it's a yeah, dream come a true. Dream outside. come true. Yeah. There's a shooting range. There's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is amazing. Everybody is dressed like a cowboy or a cowgirl. Yeah, it's quite it's, interesting. I, I, do you know what? I enjoyed my meal that night. It was good. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I enjoyed oh, it. Yeah. It was a truly unique experience. <laughs> it was, uh, the food was decent, man. I enjoyed it. I'll tell you, it was, yeah, even the baked potato, like I, we, I'm vegetarian, obviously, I don't eat a steak. The baked potato and the salad were fine. What was not fine, and I blame Kenny entirely for this, was when we were in Charlotte, it was Super Bowl day, and we all decided to go watch the Super Bowl at Chili's. And that is oh, the that last was, time. Yeah. I, that My arse collapsed. <laughs> really? Was it? That was your, what? That was the best meal I've ever 
Colton says it was the best meal he's ever had. He also just got kicked out of the house for good. <laughs> I, sl- I slept on the bus that night and I had to go back in the toilet maybe six or seven times. You were asleeping in the room, Colton. And I had to go back in constantly, man, all night. <laughs> Screw you, Chili. He's only had some chicken wings. It was pretty <laughs> noxious, mate. I might have <laughs> Um... What yeah, else, dudes? I'm with I'm with Jason on Charlotte that the sun, seeing the sun, you know, for six weeks we saw the sun maybe like three or four times, but most of the time we, you know, you saw, got a glimpse of it and then just had to go straight into the venue and didn't see it for the rest of the day. But that day in Charlotte when we got up, I remember thinking, because we spent all, we spent 24 hours a day with these 12 people. And often when we get to places, we'll, you know, we'll get some personal space. We'll like sit silently by ourselves or we'll all be on our phones, like not talking to each other. And I just, I think about other people's um, perception of us. Cause in Charlotte, I remember there was like four or five of us. We were all waiting on the patio for breakfast and we all chose a table to ourselves. Like none of us sat, <laughs> none of us sat at the same table. We all just sat at different tables spread out across the whole patio and put our heads up and looked at the sun for about 40 minutes and we didn't talk to each other. <laughs> and then we went to breakfast. I, I kind of like that day off in Kamloops because we were just kind of getting to know each other. And then we oh, right. to walk to Home Depot and then had some sushi. That was a good day. And then hung, hanging out in that bar. Yeah. That was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. I'm trying not, to. There was I'm nothing else to do when the weather was that crap. I'm looking through pictures here. Unfortunately, a bunch of days off, or got, we got screwed when the bus got hit. And we'll put up a picture or two of what that looked like on yeah. the uh, Patreon page or on the page itself. Um, Albany was actually one of my favorite days. It was going to be a day off, but then oh, we got yeah. the radio gig and we went and played at the Hollow, um, which is this really cool venue restaurant um, in downtown Albany. And they have amazing food. Yeah. That, we took that gig basically because <laughs> they said they were going to bring the chef in and we're like, yeah, cool. We all get a, a free meal. Let's take that. Oh, I remember that now because that we'd come straight out of Canada from Montreal. We drove down through a goddamn blizzard with a guy driving like 60 miles an hour on icy roads. But then the most surprising thing is I ordered a whiskey from the bar at Albany and he just picked up a bottle and poured it in a glass like an adult because in Canada they're all there with like test tubes measurement and devices. measurement devices and making sure you don't get any more whiskey. Right. And you went, and that was just nice. It's like it's America. The same, it's the same Good thing in like <laughs> most of Western Europe now too. I remember that when we were there. Other than like Poland, and you know, we don't ha- we've run out of this kind of vodka. <laughs> like those nights, they just pour you alcohol. It's Polish, the South Africans, and the Americans. They you know, yeah, they pour just, their liquor right. I mean, I guess maybe it's a it's it's becoming a liability thing, right? I mean, Mick, you well, as in the UK, you can. If you if you don't know exactly how much you've had, then you can get stopped. They're like, "Well, I only had one drink. Well, how big was the drink? Well, it was exactly one drink big, so the cops let you off." But now, what um, what was I hearing about the pours are have uh, stops on them now, where they have an automatic stop after an ounce? Or no, an they've ounce got and a half. separate from the bottles. But in yeah. Utah, they had that where it's just like oh, a, it's built into they, the bottle, or you put, can they put just it in. Just a bottle onto it and pour, yeah. and it goes <laughs> like Robocop. Yeah, Utah's pretty tough on that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. and. Their same rules basically apply in America. Like you can't, uh, you right. can't overpour, but they're just a little bit one ounce, right? right. But if some spills over, no one's getting in, you know, exactly. trouble. Hopefully, for a while. That's yeah. I mean, look, I guess I get it if with the drunk driving thing, but at the same time, like 
It's just the fucking. It's a question of like, where does the bar? Where does the? Do that? Like, I got too fucking drunk last night. Like, you're an asshole, man. Like, that was yeah. Leave leave the bartender alone. You just learn to drink better. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was uh, one of our favorite bars in Phoenix got sued by somebody who was overserved at a beer and wine bar. Like, (laughs) whoa. Yeah. Fuck you. You fucking deal with your fucking self. Like you're an adult. Yeah. You how how the fuck do you sue a bar for that? It's insane to me. Well, there's a real question of where the where where does responsibility begin? And I, I've met people who are entirely sober looking. Yeah. And and then, you know, it'll kick in 30 minutes later, maybe after they leave the bar or that they're just drunk and they can keep their shit together. Yeah, exactly. I've yeah. Both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I it seems like su- how how is that an enforceable law? It or just, who's to say how much they drank before they entered the bar, right? And yeah. then didn't show any signs of it. Like, you're like I said, a guy I've, who's like you're asking a bartender who's dealing with like thirty people at any given time right, right. to take in that this person may be a little bit inebriated. And my it's fucking bullshit. Always been another third element involved there. They've not just had two glasses of white wine and got shit faced and fallen down and felt some checkup. Like mm-hmm. they, they popped a pinger or you know smashed yeah. a hole out the back or something like that. You, they they did something else, right? And then they also um, kept being a cunt. When oh, they yeah. decided to sue a place, <laughs> pussies. So on the last day of tour, I took this selfie of me and Ben, the drummer from Fitness, and just zoomed in on his face because he had just this, this silly hair thing. He had just got out of the shower or something. Not just out of the shower. But, <laughs> but anyway, we all put his... Um, picture on our phones as our screen saver and i max and i did a bet that i wouldn't change it till the next time i randomly bumped into max well not randomly but like next time i saw him which I, he's going on tour again it could be months i don't i think i'm gonna lose that bet because i keep opening up my phone at bars and at restaurants and i've just got this ludicrous picture <laughs> of ben on my thing they're like who is this person and why have you got a picture of him on your phone oh, he looks like a bit like barry gibb yeah. I, I uh, put some flames and made his hair move for the final show in San Diego and put that up on the video wall because Max always introduces him as the beautiful Ben Hilsinger. Yeah. I was surprised because Phoenix was such a good show and it's like our hometown. I was thinking this, you know, this is such an anticlimactic end to the tour. But San Diego actually turned out to be a really fun show. Uh, we pulled this little prank on Come With Me Now, which was... Um, to get the crowd, because everyone always, for in my opinion, kind of ruins Come With Me Now. Ru- Come With Me Now is becoming the most, um, or the le- my least favorite song to play. It always has been, but now even more so, because we start playing it, the whole audience, it's their favorite song, they want to party to it, but they all just take out their phones, and then it's a fucking dead audience, and they just film the whole fucking thing. And yeah. so we played this little joke where we said, take out your phones, everyone film this um, song so we can get it over with for the first 15 20 seconds and then put them away and have a party and so we play the riff and we go into the island um cruise ship version Bossa of Nova. Nova, <laughs> Bossa Nova and just destroy the song people most people got the joke some people were like hmm this is a cool version <laughs> <laughs> and then we had uh max come up and read our wikipedia of where it come with me now has been placed in you know wwe <laughs> the house crew thought it was real at first really they were so they're like oh i thought so the, oh, okay, this is okay. And then when Max came out, started, you know, like, that's just silly. Yeah. <laughs> what the worst you part for me... Everything else was really silly as well. <laughs> the worst part for me was when we started the song for real, my 
brain was in a loop of singing the the shitty bossa nova melody of come with me now and i could not get out of it i literally could not hear the song anymore i was just i was like having a complete brain fart and so i sang the whole song for real in that i don't think anyone heard it was just loud um well look you not get that joke though it was pretty fucking loud. A lot of people got it. When I saw videos, like most people got it. They started laughing <laughs> yeah. right away and then, you know, with the luas and Yeah. Yeah. It was genius. Yeah. <laughs> We've been practicing that for a long time. I wish Mo had sang his part though. Oh yeah, when Mo sings it and we'll get him to do that at some point in some tour. When he sings the verse in his voice, it's that's one of the funniest things ever. We haven't talked about Mo. Who? <laughs> Mo. <laughs> Mo was extra funny this tour for some reason in a lot of, a lot of ways. The VIP cookies as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, when he was, uh, <clears throat> he's his girlfriend lives in Phoenix, and towards the end of a tour and the anticipation of getting back with his girlfriend, he's he gets kind of stir crazy, and he was just trying to obliterate his mind for the last four days <laughs> until he was <laughs> until he was transported back to his girlfriend. I. S- We've still got to do that from Bus Call, find all of the best of his VIP speeches, because this time it was just one thing that was funny. It was just constantly finding the longest possible way to tell people how to form a line to take pictures. <laughs> I mean, it would take him like 60 seconds. I mean, Mick, Number one he wasn't. Is still the- Providence, Rhode Island, in my opinion. Yeah. Pro- he- Providence, Rhode Island, it's freezing. So everybody's kind of waiting up in this little room. They didn't have the heating on in the place to do one of the uh, our acoustic performance. And Mo's nowhere to be seen. He finally shows up, and he announces to the VIPs. He goes, uh, "Sorry, I'm late. Um, the uh, you know the men's bathroom didn't have stalls." So he, he walks out of the f- right women's walks out bathroom of the into the bathroom, VIP yeah. thing. <laughs> so he just like announces to this group of people who have never met him who've just paid extra money to see us play, that he just, I'm late because I was taking a shit in the women's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> we have that on camera, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we got that on. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think and then he did. goes, he said something like, my parents always wanted a girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we're going to wrap this up pretty quickly because uh, the guys are all flying back to Phoenix. But I just want to say one more thing and just mention bus call again because we've been mentioning it on all tour. Kenny from the band Fitness... Yeah, he really likes the show, which is very hard to get. Like the whole tour, he was giving us shit, like just for giving us shit. And you're like, I don't want to watch your stupid documentary. Like I've been on tour, I know what it's like. He just sent us messages on like episode four, and I was like, Bus calls so great, guys. Tweeting it to our group. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's What's funny to me is that he started watching it. He flew home to see his wife on one of the days that we had a day off. He started watching it then. So one, one hour away from tour, he started watching a show about touring. And then the day after we get back, he starts watching the rest of it. Well, it's a testament to just how close this group was and, and how fun it was because we all got back. We just spent six weeks of freaking miserable cold weather in one bus. And the night we get back, um, Ben was like, hey, what are you guys up to? You going to, din- <laughs> you going to dinner? So we went to dinner together and... and Kenny, although the surf was no good yesterday, we didn't end up going. We were both like, yeah, let's see. We'll go surfing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. All in all, I'd say one of the best tours ever. Um, and hopefully we do it again sometime soon. Um, 
not well obviously tour but i mean like it would be fun to bring those guys out again and do that whole thing again um next podcast i think we're going to skip a week because everyone's just taking a little bit of a break but the next podcast that we do is going to be a track by track of 1929 so that should be a cool one we'll just get into 1929 part one talk about all those tracks thanks for listening uh if you want to help support this podcast head to patreon.com slash congos and you for two dollars a month you can get the ad free version of this plus every now and then we throw up some uh extra pictures and behind the scenes stuff on the patreon page so uh see you guys soon bye